even though we may be professionals in our field, we aren't offering therapeutic advice through this show. So if you need that, please reach out to us. We'd like to get you pointed in the right direction wherever you may live. You're a man that controls his own destiny. A man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum. All right, so apparently our resident millennial has told me I've been doing this all wrong. It's like on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Spotify. Subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. And the hashtag is not a tic-tac-toe sign. It is, in fact, a pound sign. All right, again, it's Sunday night. It's Alpha Quorum time. I am your host, Derek Johnson. Go ahead and say hi, Brad. What's up? Jeremy. Hello. What's up, peeps? And a brand-new spanking sound engineer joining us from... uh, Generation Millennial. What's going on? T Hunt. I like to call him Funt because it sounds T Hunt gross. Funt. So that's actually your name right there. That's Funt? what we've been asking for. Let's call him Funt. 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 That just that just, Funt. That just sounds gross. Well, here comes Funt. So hey, we welcome you back. We appreciate all the feedback we've been getting on the socials. Like earlier, we said it's like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. And follow our hashtags, Alpha Quorum. Hey, tonight, again, we want to do a, a separate episode. Um, again, that, that episode we did last about Jesus, that kind of took a turn that we weren't expecting when we were having our conversation. We really liked it, so we made it its own self-contained episode. But uh, going back to the question that Jeremy got from one of his um, uh, Facebook friends or friends on the phone or whatever i don't i don't have friends yeah that makes sense i'm your friend so dude. what was the go ahead and jerry what was that acquaintance of yours so <laughs> they they said they asked it seems like you guys are all spiritual or religious what does god or spirituality have to do with being a man that's an interesting question and um i all of us are are uh, religious in our own sort of way we're all members of the same faith although uh mike doesn't admit it yeah (laughs) but that is an interesting question you know and i'm interested to hear what all of you have to say about that what is the role that god plays in your life i am go ahead well i just i i think before we start talking about god i want to talk about spirituality in general you know i'm a therapist and so people come in and i deal with depression and mental health things all the time and some of the most depressed folks I've ever seen are people that just have no framework for understanding life in general. There's no big picture idea. So I I think nihilism is kind of the term. I'm not up on all that stuff. Can can somebody define nihilism? Maybe Mike knows better than me, but I think that's kind of the whole, there's no purpose. There is, there's no meaning to anything. There's nothing of value. There's, it's just, we live and we die. And I think that's the idea, but we'll confirm that and see if we need to cut it. So people come in who are just don't have any greater big picture reason about why do we spend our lives working, we feed our kids, they get fat, we take them to the doctor, you know, we, 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 we live 70 years and we die. I mean, what, what is the, where's the joy in that? Why do we have to deal with all this hardship? And so 
for me, my spirituality has helped me, and I really always promote that. So what is spirituality? To me, I think the basic of, of the idea of spirituality is really connection. I think it, it includes, it can include and should include a connection to a higher power. Um, but I've heard a lot of people who just kind of reject the whole God idea and whatever. And for some people, higher power is, you know, nature, uh, the Pacific Ocean. They can honor the mountains and the, and, the, and the rivers and so forth. And they gaze up at the stars. And for them, that's a very spiritual experience. So, so I think that um, as we talk about God and religion and what does that have to do with masculinity and why do we need that in our life, it's, for me it's a matter of the, having a, a big picture purpose about what are we doing here. Let me ask you a question. And this is both directed at you and Jeremy, having worked in a clinical and you're working with you know, patients all the time. Do you see a, a difference in the level of satisfaction or happiness between your clients that have a belief in something greater than them and some, something that don't? Is there something, is there a consistency there that you see, like people that believe in God, do they have a higher level of satisfaction or happiness? Do they have more shame? Or somebody that just thinks that this were some cosmic accident, are they happier? I think it's all over the board. I mean, there's different, you know, different reactions to traditional spiritual practices and so forth. Some people are, you know, had terrible experiences with that, which we can get into later. I'm sure we will. But what I find is that for the most part, people who have that sense of, um, you know, just a, a, what is the, the point of, of mortality, they seem to be able to deal with hardship in a more adaptive way. That's, that's what I find. They, they fare better when they have that, that sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like It's all over the board, but for the most part, people who have that, and I would call it a sense of purpose, and to me that's a, that's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have to be religious or even a, a God thing, but that spiritual understanding that I have a purpose and things are bigger than me, and uh, those people are happier, and I think they're actually more resilient. Um, and you don't have to, be, you could be an atheist and have that, right? Um, so this idea that they have a purpose, you know, one of the best book on this, books on the subject that I'm sure Brad's familiar with is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and oh, these yeah. people in horrible, horrible situations in concentration camps and they're still able to find purpose and beauty and art and love and it's just, it's a brilliant, con those people are more resilient. I remember reading that book when I was going through my first divorce and um, Brad's talking to the mic, I must not be getting, but I remember reading that book when I was going through my first divorce and it, I don't know how much, I was such a mess at the time, but I do remember reading that book and thinking, man, I got to get some real problems because I have got nothing compared to these guys. That, that book, I probably, I, I probably should go back and read it again because that was, in retrospect, a pivot point for me where my perspective changed quite a bit. And what he talks about a lot, uh, Victor Frankl, is about love is really kind of a, a motivating factor. When I think about spirituality, love maybe is a central component of that. And so for me, it's, I, I like the word reverence. You know, I like the word reverence talking about spirituality, meaning respect, that I'm respecting other human beings, I'm respecting animals, I'm respecting nature. I just, I live in awe and gratitude about, what what's you know what what's going on if you if you if you look out at the stars at night or if you ever been on a boat at night you know on the ocean or had some of those kind of experiences you have to know that there is there's something super beautiful about our universe and uh anyway i'm getting off topic maybe but um yeah i think we have to i i think it's hard to live 
a healthy life without some spiritual direction, some moral code, some ethical principles about what you know what what should be guiding us. That's I think that's what I have to say. About Mike has been oddly silent on this topic. We never we never have to wait this long for Mike to weigh in. I want to know. Start what, flapping off. I know. I want to hear what Mike has to say about this. <laughs> that's what I I, I was just Doing thinking. What? Like, I, wait. I want to hear Mike flap off, right? <laughs> this is the time. Bring it. So could you go ahead and turn his mic up for us, Thunt, so we can get this Thunt. in all its glory? Yeah, this is going to be amazing. Um, what, what you guys have already talked about is exactly bang on. The, uh, B- Victor Frankl is one of my heroes. This is a guy who lived in a concentration camp and described how even though his freedom could be taken away, even though all of his physical comforts, everything that he knew as a free person could be removed, what they could never touch was his thoughts, his hope, and his heart, and the determination he had to live each day with a purpose. And even if the purpose of that day was nothing more than to just break off a piece of his, of his role and share it with someone else, and then experience that moment of just gratitude and camaraderie and brotherhood and sharing, then for him in that particular day, that meant that there was that, that day had purpose. And, and, and as insignificant and small and tiny as that was, he would live each day looking for those moments. And now I live with a bunch of first world problems. And if I can't find moments of gratitude or moments where I can just be at peace with whatever it is that I have and whatever that looks like, then I'm doing it wrong. Victor Frankl's great. James Allen wrote this book, As a Man Thinketh. So maybe there's two little things to drop into our reading lists. Brothers, um, As a Man Thinketh is a great, great little guide for how to manage the thought life. Um, I feel like the spirituality that I live in my life is really sort of um, about thought management and helping me just put some, uh, put some context to my, you know, my random runaway thoughts and, and the heart that I have. And so, hey, l- let me ask you this, because we've, we've, we've touched on spirituality um, and everybody's kind of weighed in on that. What do you think that religion or church has to do with being a man? Because I've got to, I've got to, I've got to totally confess something here, and it's probably more than I want to give away. But other than the one hour of church where I'm working with the youth, I don't really like church as much as I think I should like church. Like that, and I know that there's people I I go to church with that are listening right now, and they're probably thinking scandal, but. I come home sometimes thinking, or I get to the end of the day thinking, I just want to leave. I just want to go home. And my question is, am I the problem? Is it, is it because I'm not putting myself out there? I'm not applying myself? I'm not listening? Or is there something in church or the way churches run now that's not meeting our needs? Because I come here, well, I'll give you an example. I have a guy who's been cutting my hair since I've lived in Las Vegas for eight years. His name's Jay. He's terrific. I highly recommend him. If you're listening, need a haircut, message me. I'll send you over there. He'll, he'll, he'll take care of you. But he has been in AA since the early 80s, I think 1983 or something like that. And he goes to two AA meetings every week, doesn't miss them, attends religiously. And he gets a lot out of it. And it's a major part of his life. And he gets a lot of benefit from it. And I've got to go to church once a week. And sometimes I can barely get myself out the door to go. So my question is, 
should church be more like a 12-step program and less like churches we're having it now? Well, what's the difference? I mean, that, that would be important to isolate there. Well, that is a good question. What is it that, and I've never been part of a 12-step program. I've never, admit, I, I've never, uh, I've never, well, that's not true. I did attend one once a long time ago with a friend. I was his ride. But I've never been a part of one. I've never had to be a part of one. I imagine Jeremy and Brett have some experience. Yeah, I've been. been and Mike has talked about his experience in the 12-step program. So my question for all of you is, what is it that's so great about a 12-step program that makes people really want to go and be a part of it? I remember hearing an interview with Steven Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith, talking about his experience in the 12-step program. So I'm going to kind of leave it over to you. What is it so, about the 12-step program that I'm not getting at church? So I'll talk about it maybe a little bit backwards. And what I'm thinking about is at church, um, everyone has a mask on. Everyone's pretending like they're perfect. There's a lot of shame and I don't think that's just our church. I think that's a lot of churches. Like you go to church and you make sure the kids look all good and you make sure that, you know, the tie is on straight and everyone's just putting on their mask and everything's fine in my world. And, and it's just everyone's fake. I guess maybe fake is a good word or very superficial. So you're at church. Always fake Here's the Jeremy. thing. Everyone, everyone puts their mask on. Everyone feels alone. No one has any because no one's sharing and no one's vulnerable. And that's the difference between like an AA type meeting and a, a, a church type meeting. And I'm not saying all churches are like this, but mine has potential to be like this. So everyone puts a, puts a mask on. Everyone's alone. Everyone feels alone because no one has any shared experience. Nobody knows what I'm struggling with. I don't know what everyone else is struggling with because they're pretending like nothing's wrong. And so AA offers that level of vulnerability, which there can't be shame there. They have to drop that shame mentality and get into that vulnerable mode, and then I have something in common with this person. I can identify with this person, and I feel like when I can identify with people, I want to be around them. But when I go to church, and I feel like I'm in my own little silo of my family, and no one else can maybe even understand what I'm going through, as, as ridiculous as that sounds. Is that, you know, I listen to what Jeremy's saying. Is that your experience, Mike and Brad and and Thunt? Do you all think, do you all have the same experience when you're going, it's going to stick to so just get used to it, Thunt. All right, sweeping the nation. Hashtag here comes Thunt. So, but is that your experience as well at church and that you feel that's an interesting word? You siloed the one part of the week where you probably shouldn't feel siloed, where we go to get out of that silo, you're feeling the most siloed. Is that, is that your experience as well? Well, so to talk, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And I would probably admit, you know, again, like you, and I appreciate you, you dropping that on us. You know, I'll go to church sometimes, resistant. I'll have resistance to do it, and then I'll leave frustrated um, and maybe worse off for the experience. And and I'll freely admit that part of that is just my attitude that I go in with. But there's another component of that, and that is is um, having walked a path, personal path that has a lot of twelve step in it, um, both for myself and my own brokenness, but also going and supporting other guys in twelve steps. For example, I go to a lot of AA meetings, and even though alcohol has not been my pacifier of choice, I do value and and I gain a lot of uh, insights from going to twelve-step meetings. And like I can, I can see where your barber is coming from. There is a twelve-step what it what it what it offers, and especially if you're coming from a substance perspective where these things are out to kill you. There's a lot of guys in twelve-step who are 
only alive and came from maybe a hospital or a jail or some other experience that was very life or death, and then the community, the brotherhood, and then the growth journey that comes through 12-step, that's all that resurrected them and, and is keeping them alive to this day. And so the church experience is, is kind of underwhelming. When you have walked a path with a, with a guy who came out of ICU, found hope, found life in his higher power, and then fellowships with other men who are in this tenuous grasp to this higher power, and this brotherhood pumps life into them. They experience that together, and then they're renewed very frequently with this vehicle of 12-step, informing their spirituality, giving them this life, this life internally and externally. Like, their heart beats. They're not using again because of this hope that comes from the 12-step program. And then they fellowship in that, so they have, so, they're like, they're fed from so many different angles that they go to a traditional church meeting where what Jeremy was talking about, there's a lot of masking happening. There's really light conversation. It's just skimming the surface. A lot of guys who are just as broken but are unwilling to admit it, and then you go to a 12-step meeting, and all it is is guys who are there in their brokenness who freely and genuinely and generously share that brokenness. There is this huge difference between these two experiences that... Would you, uh, would you say that, and it's hard to speak, I don't want to speak for people in the program because I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it's like to be them and I'm not in the, you know, I'm not there, but would you say that they're attending these meetings to... Um, get in touch with a higher power? Is it to enjoy the camaraderie of the other men or women in the group that help them feel um, that help them feel um, part of the community, help them feel stronger, help them feel like they can overcome these addictions? I mean, what is it specifically? Is the why different for everybody? Is the why the same? Is it the feeling you get when you walk out of there thinking, yes. I can do yes, this? Yes, it's all that. There's a great thought in, in addiction recovery that says that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's, it's connection. It's feeling connection. And so the, the, the visualization is one guy on a ladder climbing up the ladder for himself, reaching down the ladder and grabbing the hand of the first guy he sees, grabbing as tight as he can for, for his life and for the life of the, the brother that he's grabbing. And together, the two of them, they, they pull and push and, and, and continue up the ladder together. And that, that guy then reaches down and grabs another hand. And so it's this, chain, this unbroken chain of brothers climbing up this ladder together, linked together, doing that journey together. How long have you been attending the 12-step program? How long um, have you been with it? Yeah, so like seven-ish years, I think. Seven years? Yeah, and so really quick though, so that, that experience that I just described, now you go to church, you go to Sunday, you're wearing your, you know, your Sunday costume, and you sit in a chair, and you put your hands in your lap, and you, you, know, you, you listen to somebody talk, and maybe they just got a phone call that morning, and they were told that you're going to read chapter four out of this book, and, and so everybody sits, sits you know, in rows, and then, and then reads, and then there's some canned questions, some stock you know, questions, and stock answers. Like, that experience is pretty underwhelming, and, and, and is that my fault? I, I'll, I'll concede that some of it may be. It's all your fault. I think we tried. Mean, I, don't, I don't mean to say it's all Mike's fault. You get out of it what you put into it. 
That's a true statement. Okay. But at the same time, you know, it's like watching somebody go bowling. Like, I, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's only so much I'm going to enjoy it. You know, the, the, stimuli, the stimuli is what it is. So well, my question is... Hey, is, let me, let me inter- go interrupt you for a second because I, I feel like sometimes people like me, and I would imagine Mike's the same as me, are sitting in a church setting, in a classroom setting, in a Sunday school type setting, and we try to break open the door. We try to be vulnerable. We try to maybe uh, open up that a little bit in, in our answers to questions. And I more often than not, I feel like I'm shut down. People sense that vulnerability. They're uncomfortable with it, and they move on to the next point. So it's not necessarily for lack of trying on anybody's part. It's, I think it's just maybe a cultural well, it's dilemma just the, here. It's just the the environment or the, the the framework. It's just the system isn't really set for that. They, and I think that's Mike's point is it's in the other programs, the twelve step programs, they're geared for specifically interaction and disclosure and all those kind of things. So maybe maybe the time you're spending in the church building, maybe the time you're spending in the ch- church building, isn't the time for that. I mean, Why not, though? Why not? That's, that's my problem. Why well, not? Arguably, that's right. I mean, I feel like the church, in a church environment, you have to then be quite a bit more careful. So some of these AA meetings are pretty freestyle, and that's what I love about them. The language is real. The stories are real. I once was in a meeting, and a guy came in, and he had been in a car wreck like the day before, and he still had like glass in his face, you know, and he had bandages on his arms, and he was like hungover and was slurring a little bit. But that dude showed up, um, in in that state and told his deal. How many guys go to church and then the the night before are they have metaphorical glass in their face and they have this bandage that you can't see and and but they are doing their damnedest to prevent anyone from knowing or seeing that that's the state they're in and that would be the perfect place because for for a lot of these guys. This is what it's for. This is what, like when the door to the room, to, so the, the men's class, men's group, in my view, in my hope would be that when that door latch clicks, that a guy then, all those guys in that room, feel like that's the place. That's where the guy raises his hand and says the thing that is embarrassing, the thing that is scary, the thing that he doesn't, the thing that keeps him up awake at night, he says that in a room with other dudes who 99% of us are in that same spot thinking those same things. He'll raise his hand. He'll say that thing. He'll step out. And that sort of is the, op- the door opening to now maybe detour away from the topic. Maybe we were talking about thing A, but then brother B throws up a hand. He's crashing. He's hanging on by just broken threads. And he says something, and now that captures the attention of the room, the hearts of the room, the love of the room is now devoted to this guy. And the rest of the time, let's, let's aim it to this guy and circling up around this guy. Let's pull our wagons around this guy. Let's rally on this guy. That's what happens in 12-step. Time and time again, I will see guys Let who me will ask do you a that. Question, because you did say something, and you, you kind of you passed over it pretty quickly, and I'm interested. You had a guy that showed up. He'd been in an accident. He had glass in his face, and he was hung over. And you kind of... You kind of you kind of pass through that one. I want to understand. Okay, so this guy comes in. He's clearly off the wagon. All right, he's fallen off the wagon. How, how does the how does the the group respond to something like that? Open arms. Just just swallow him up. Okay. Because every guy in that room has been that guy. There's nobody that can't relate to that guy. 
And on Sunday, I feel like we all pretend we're not relating to each other, that we're not, we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be broken. We don't want to be broken. Well, and I think we have the foundation there, though. Like, I think we have, at least in our faith, a foundation, a, a framework there. And I think our responsibility as members of the Alpha Quorum and of, of Alphas, and, and you Alphas out there listening, like, we have, we have the framework. Like, church is, is well, it has its limitations, right? For some people, I think we can use that. For, I think the framework is good, and we can use that, and we can benefit each other if we're choosing to be more open with each other, if we're choosing to be more vulnerable with each other. I think that's the comparison. Earlier, the question was, what's the difference in something like 12-step, which is a purely spiritual spirituality, if you ask me, maybe in its, maybe in its purest form, but um, what's the difference between that and church? I think they're, they're different. It's apples and oranges, but one reason that people may gain more from something like a, a meeting like that is, is, is about interaction, self-disclosure, honesty, you know, radical openness. And uh, you don't, it's just not set up that way for church. But I, I agree. I, I mean, I go to church almost every Sunday. I think it's just a, a valuable, important vehicle for me, for spirituality, many forms of that. But um, yeah, I think what, what, you, what we miss from that can be made up in things like you know building a tribe of men, building a tribe of supporters, having having some people. You know, we got this quorum idea, which is you know the idea is a, a select group of people. But um, I, I think the need is for genuineness, authenticity, and those are some of the things you don't maybe get at church. That's why people are bored with it. That's why people don't want to go or not enjoying it because you're being talked to. But but we need that too. I mean, I, I, and I, I don't just, want you to think that I don't want to go. Right. All right. I want to want to go. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to go. I want more from it sometimes. Sometimes I come home and I'm like, that was great. You know, I feel like that was terrific. I feel like my battery's recharged. And then other times, more often than not, I feel like I just check something off my list so that Derek can feel better about Derek. When I, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge maybe you and, and all of us here. I, I, I'm the same way. Like some days I don't feel like my batteries are recharged, but I can be accountable with myself. And those are the days I just kind of sit in the foyer and don't interact with anybody. I'm not interacting with my brothers. I'm not interacting with, with the youth. I'm just kind of in my own little circle. But when I choose to be vulnerable, now when I say vulnerable, no one's getting, like no one in there has really earned the right to all of my stuff yet, right? We have to be pretty close and I have to trust you to get all of my stuff. But I can be more vulnerable with people. Wait a second. Are you mean to tell me there's something more embarrassing about you than your favorite color is pink? Yeah, I'm sure there's <laughs> tons of stuff. Or the, uh, or the Taekwondo incident there. Oh, yeah, the Taekwondo <laughs> incident. Hashtag skid marks. Skid marks. Oh, that's but right. Here's, here's I don't the, think that episode ever made it right, because it was bad audio. Right. I'll have to go back to that. We, uh, like, I get more out of church when I choose to be more involved and more vulnerable. I love church when I'm more involved and more vulnerable. And I think really like that's what's what's missing. And it's not the church's fault. It's not anybody's church's fault. It's us as a community. We we have we're the culture, right? We have potential to change that, and we've got to do better job at that. I think. So, what do you recommend? I mean, we're we're, we're talking about how do we enjoy that? How do we use this as a vehicle? What are the ways that we make that more productive for men? And and uh, how do we get more out of that experience? I think a lot of our audience are believers and attend some faith tradition you know type of uh type of uh meetings I, th I think one of the best things to do would just start getting to you know rather than just sitting in that chair next to somebody really getting to know them 
and starting to understand who they are and their story, um, it doesn't have to get super deep at first. But I'm much more likely to enjoy an experience when I know the people around me rather than just sitting on the pew of this lady or this family that I've seen every week for the last 10 years and I hardly know anything about them, right? And that takes a level of vulnerability to do that. Reaching out, shaking hands, Absolutely. conversation, uh, spending time with them outside of the, of the church meetings Absolutely. and so forth. What happens, uh, Mike, I'm interested, what happens when somebody shows up for 12-step for the first time? What's that like? Oh, man, there's multiple opportunities to welcome them, to acknowledge their presence. Um, you know, there's another thing, too, that happens at the end of a 12-step meeting, typically where, um, you know, the moderator will ask, anyone who's willing to be a sponsor, please raise your hand. And almost everybody raises their hand. And essentially what they're asking is, is anyone willing to be a friend? And everyone raises their hand because everyone is, is saying, you can count on me. I'll be a friend. I'll walk this journey with you. And then there's, uh, is anyone willing to, you know, share phone numbers? And there's this, there's this great thing that happens after a meeting where everybody will go outside and hang out and talk. And there's 15 or 20 minutes of just camaraderie and fellowship and brotherhood that's just casual and fun and free, you know, because you come out of a meeting and it can be pretty intense. It can be very intense. And then you like, you take a, you decompress outside and you chat. So I like what Brad and Jeremy have said regarding especially what Jeremy's talking about, if, if I, and here's, here's, where, here's where it comes back to me. If I come home from church and I didn't feel like I got much out of it, then really I think I need to look at how I, how I bring, what I bring into it and what I probably am not bringing into it. And one of the things, too, that, that I feel convicted of that I can, I can soften myself to is the fact that every one of us in there is on this journey, this, this really screwed up, catastrophic journey of life and um, I'm interacting with each person at some midpoint in their story so where they are <clears throat> is just fine and so everyone is on the arc of their experience and so as I interact with somebody it's just at a midpoint some some random point in their story and if I can give them charity and if I can give them grace and when they say something really really like they'll raise their hand and they'll say a comment and I just I'm not tracking at all. I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with what they're saying and how they're saying it. My first, my first reaction is just like to shut down and be dismissive and to then let that you know, derail me and maybe ruin my day. And so if I can get to a place where I can be charitable to anyone, regardless of where they are and regardless of what they say, and even charitable, regard, charitable to the fact that the, that the meeting was just like, it's just a waste of time. So do you have 12-step meetings sometimes that are, that are garbage, they're not, you don't get anything from it? Uh, that's, a, that's a challenging question. My first reaction is to say no. Every 12-step meeting that I've ever been to has been something where somebody shared a part of their journey and a part of their experience that was enriching to me. And so the answer probably is yes. Let me ask you Or yes or no. I forget the way you phrased it, but I always get something out of it. But then I think if I'm really, really honest... I would have to say that I probably am getting something out of every church meeting too. It's just not quite as obvious. It's not quite as easy to get. I probably needed to go home and do some do some thought exercises or like maybe write some stuff down or just pick it apart a little bit more, which I'm either lazy or resistant to do. And there was probably something that I could have got, but I just I glided right past it. Let me ask you this. Uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of thoughts I had while you were talking. Number one. If you're like me, sometimes you're going to church because you feel like you should go to church. 
it's the right thing to do. Do you go to your 12-step meetings because it's something you feel like you should do, or is it something that you need to do to be the best version of Mike? Yeah, I never go to 12-step feeling compelled. Never. I've never once. That is one key difference. Whereas I can say, and maybe I hate to even admit this, but I can say that I go to church for a bundle of reasons that are outside of, outside of my own internal desire. There are, I feel there are some responsibilities that I have to this life that I'm living that almost require me to present at church. They kind of make me go. And that's neither good or bad. It just is the situation, and, and, and it, it just is. I can say fully that I go to 12-step without any feeling of obligation or requirement. It is completely voluntary, and I want to feel that connectedness. I've become so integrated to the brothers there that I need them as much as they need me, and I, and I, and I feel that. I sense that, and so I really have a strong desire to go. One quick aside, thinking about church, and we kind of talked about this when we were pre-gaming the show, and that is, is church can be this feminized experience that does not resonate fully with me every time. And what I mean by that is... I think you just stepped in it right there, the feminization of church. I, I'm going to need you to explain that because you're going to have to work your way out of that thought. I'm interested in it, and I think I agree with you in that it has become an experience for men that we don't necessarily relate to, and it doesn't necessarily play to our strengths. I feel like we're being sat down and told to keep our hands to ourselves, not do anything and listen to somebody else talk to us, and I don't believe that's where men are at their best. I 100% agree. Um, so when I say that, what I mean to say is, you know, I'm, I'm expected to show up in a certain way, looking a certain way, to sit in a chair, to put my hands on my lap, and to listen to somebody at the front of the room say their piece. That's all well and good. That does not resonate with me. That format is not my native um, wiring. I'm not wired for that. And so I go, and it's an uncomfortable set of circumstances that I put myself into, and I, and I do it, and I do it both willingly and then out of some duty and out of responsibility. It's, it, again, it's sort of a mashup. But I feel like the modern, suburban, American, religious experience, cultural church experience, whatever brand of church it is, they're all fairly similar. And for me, it, it is neutering in a way that I don't feel like the typical Sunday experience really pushes the buttons that I hope would be pushed, and, and I'm happy to then again, I'm happy to go back and say, how much of this is my fault? I readily accept that. I just don't know that that format, that American suburban experience, that format is, it, I, and if there's anybody listening in it and you don't feel like it resonates with you either, this could be a confessional place where you can, you can come back in some comments or even messages. We would love, and I've, I've received these, I would like to invite anyone in any position to use this format and this little quorum that we've created here as a confessional. If you have a burden, if you have a, you know, something that you are struggling with, this could be an addiction issue, this could be some sort of thing that is just burdening you, please, we welcome it to use this as an anonymous way to reach out to other brothers, professionals too, we have here on, on our, on our, in, our, in our show here, 
to reach out and then ask for a hand. So if you're in a culture, if you're in a system where just raising your hand and, and appearing weak and broken and vulnerable, you don't feel like doing that or you just don't think you can do that, I'm inviting anyone in that, in that position, please feel comfortable to use this and message us anonymously and dump out, just, just dump on us whatever it is you feel like you're carrying, this burden you're carrying, and we'll do what we can to help, support, encourage, or even uh, steer you to some resources. So, Brad? Yeah, so you were talking about, you know, it's not pushing all the right buttons for you. I, I, I'm willing to bet a lot of men probably feel that same way. So what do we do? Do we, do we supplement it with other things? Do we try to make a difference within the, within the framework there? Or what, what, how do we, I how do we meet those other is, needs? I mean, let's, say for, let's just say for the sake of argument, we're sitting here, there's five of us here, uh, different walks of life, different stories that have, you know, different, different paths that we've all gone to kind of get to this place in this room. I mean, if we were going to be starting a church today, the Church of Hobo Moped, all right, what, I mean, what would we, what are some, in order to not just attract men into the tribe, that's the easy part. We just tell them you got to come or you go to hell. That's what the rest of them do. So you got to be here on Sunday, <laughs> otherwise you, you go to hell, all right? So, but if we really want to benefit, you know, for instance, Mike, if, if in order for Sunday to benefit you like your 12-step program, what would you want it to look like? What would, what would one thing or two things that your church could offer that would help you kind of scratch that spiritual itch, so to speak, to get you closer to God? Yeah, it might have a parental advisory sign on the outside of the door due to language. It might um, be a place where people are anticipating story to happen and experience to happen and it might be a place where whoever is at the uh, in front of the room is prepared to detour away from whatever message he was trying to deliver because something may happen live in that room that then scraps his plan and then we just dive into whatever this new situation or this new topic that that, that popped up and so adaptability and flexibility would be paramount also, outside experiences and outside activities that may or may not even reflect back on what happened on Sunday, there would be, I guess, ways for men to help other men at a level um, that looked like the kind of support that, that happens in 12 Steps. So let me share this one quick story. So um, one of my friends, Ben, uh, my, my buddy Ben, he just got his five-year chip last night. Congratulations to Ben. Um, long, long, long journey. You mean Ben, the guy that's fixing my HVAC, Ben? That's it. Oh. Big Ben. Nice. Yep. yep. So Ben, really long journey. I've, I've really had a, I've had a life journey with this kid since he was a teenager. This might be an interesting, he would be a great guy to have in sometime. Great experience with this kid. Known him for years. And he was being, um, not roasted, but last night during his uh, five-year little birthday celebration, there were some people who were telling some story about him. And one of the things that uh, somebody had said is, in this little fellowship and brotherhood of this 12-step community, there was a guy who sort of like threw up a, a little flag and said, hey, I need, uh, you know, I need a little help, I need a little, need a little support. And so you know, he kind of went through his phone tree, called one guy, that guy didn't answer, left a message, called another guy, that guy didn't answer, left a message, and then got a hold of the third guy. And then, so while he's on the phone, the third guy, number one guy, tried to call him back, and then like went to voicemail, called him back, went to voicemail, 
the guy, you know, didn't click over and talk to that guy. And so that guy got in his car and raced over to the dude's house and was like on his doorstep, banging on his door to find out what, what's going on. Like, you didn't call me back. So the amount of intense fellowship that happens there is exceptional. It's mind-blowing. The kind of devoted love and, and connected brotherhood that happens there, that is probably happening on a, in a Sunday group, in a, in a church group, and I, and, I, and, I, and I really hope it is. I don't know to be the case. I don't have that personal experience. But I see that in other fellowship opportunities. So to, to your answer to, to your question, if there was a Sunday experience with the brothers, with the men, that bonded them in a way that was so tight and so deep that one guy could almost look into the eyes of the other guy, see some, see some weakness there, see some fear there, see some hopelessness there, and would just dive into that. If that level of connectedness was that deep, if, that, like, if they were synced up to that level, to me, that's heaven happening on earth between men, and sign me up for that. It's, it's like the difference between, uh, you know, theology and Christianity. <laughs> One is the, 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 the message, the doctrine, the, the whole, the preaching, and the other is the living of that and the really being that stuff to, to, to other people that we're sharing it with. I love that. And I think, I think I have, if I'm being accountable to myself, I think that I'm getting in the way of that in my own congregation I, f- I feel like that potential's there i feel like i'm part of a really good group and you know it's not my job to facilitate that but i'm definitely stopping that from happening so i'm hearing all this and i'm and i'm seeing the framework available to me and i'm not taking um advantage of it so that's something i'm going to be changing over the next few weeks is really involving myself more with my core group of guys at church and just really allowing myself maybe to soften into them more and have some of those experiences with them. Because I think the framework's there, and I think it's, it's open to me. I don't think I have to look far for it. No, it's right in front of you. There are opportunities there every time you go, every time you interact with these men, and everybody that you're in church with, you have opportunities to interact with them. I was just, when Mike was talking, I was thinking about uh, the people that I attend church with, and I've got a couple of really close friends there, guys that have really... Um, that I would consider life, I mean, no matter what happens from here on out. Life hide the body friends. Hide the body friends. They're going to yeah, help yeah. me hide the yeah. body. But I know that somebody's my friend when I tell them what I'm really thinking. And that for me, and, and I, I talk about this with Mrs. Johnson sometimes, and we talk about you know friends I have that I go to church with, and there's only a couple, two or three, thunts one of them, that I'll tell them what I'm really thinking. And that for me, having that... Um, outlet where I can tell somebody what's really going on inside and that's something that's missing and I hope that when people are listening to this show and they're engaging with us on the Facebook or on Instagram or messaging us or listening or sharing this with their friends that is this forum again I've said it before when we started this podcast none of us wanted to step up and be the fearless leader be the alpha We're just five guys that are doing the best we can, and we need the support. This is a quorum. That is what this is all about. And so my question is, is kind of we wrap up this podcast. We've been rambling on here for a little bit, and we've got some really good stuff. I hope that uh, one thing I do want to make sure that we um, 
say, I don't want anybody listening to this to get the idea that we're against church. We're all pro-church. We all think church is great. Um, I know for me and my perspective, the mistake that I make with church, and I've, it's really been thinking, I've been thinking about it for a long time, or just recently putting a lot of thought into it, is that when I'm in church, I'm waiting. I sit there and I wait for the leaders in my church to tell me what to do so I can make the church better. And damn it, I'm a grown-ass man. I ought to just <laughs> look for opportunities. Like Jeremy said, alpha like my, up. I got an alpha up. There are opportunities, hashtag alpha up. I've, there are opportunities every time I interact with these people to bless their lives, no matter how we do it, no matter what we do it. And I don't need to be sitting there waiting for somebody else to tell me what to do. This is my church. This is my time. This is my Sunday. This is, this is my chance to go up there and make a dent in the universe. And maybe the reason I get out of church sometimes thinking, man, that sucked. That's two hours or one hour or three hours of my life I can never have back. It's not their fault. It's not my church's fault. The church is a damn building. That's all it is. It's me. I'm the problem. I'm the guy that's going in there and phoning it in. And Preach so when it. I, when I get home and I haven't gotten anything out of it and I want to blame the teacher or blame the leader or blame whoever was speaking that day, that's a cop-out and that's an excuse. And so I'm, I got I to gotta say, this is our opportunity. If you're listening to this and you get home, if, you're, if you go to church, if you don't go to church, there are opportunities all around you every day. There's an opportunity staring you in the face right now for you to alpha up and bless somebody's life. And if you're going to be the alpha, you're going to go in there and you're going to help and you're going to add value to people's life. I want you to please share this podcast with your, your, your brothers in your 12-step program. Share this podcast to the guys you go to church with. This is an important message that has to go out, get out. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. I've gotten a lot out of this. Um, Jeremy, is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up today? Amen, brother. Just I, I like everything that you just put out there. It's going to help me be more accountable to myself. And just remember, brothers, like we make change. We Derek's right. We don't need to wait for a leader to tell us what to do. Leadership is great. Leadership is amazing. We all need leadership. But we can make changes ourselves, and it's a positive change, and it's going to create more positive change. So just remember that. Leaders aren't out there waiting for you to ask permission. Well, and especially our leaders. Like, our leaders are just lay people. They need our help. They can't do it all. So leaders, Bishop, if you're listening, I'm not going to be asking for your permission anymore. I may be asking for your forgiveness, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not asking for your permission anymore. I have a feeling that you're not going to need to ask for forgiveness. I have a feeling they're going to be loving and, um, and really appreciative of you taking the step up and working towards making change. I hope he's not listening then. <laughs> I, I am the church. That's my, that's my take home. I am the church. Mike, let's bring this home. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, Alpha Up, I really like what all of us have said to wrap this up. I feel like if any one of us sees a need, sees a gap, sees a vacancy, and we're not stepping into that to fill that, then that's just a missed opportunity to be Alpha. Amen. That's really an opportunity where you know, the heavens could be opening all these doors for me and my life, and I'm just neglecting to go through them. And these are moments where 
lots and lots of growth for myself and others could be happening. And so I may have areas in my life where I feel very empowered and very very welcome to walk into, sort of in my full power, right? But then maybe in this church environment. So this could this conversation could be exposing some areas of myself where I feel diminished in that setting. And that might mean I need to, you know, go home tonight and work through that and maybe do some journaling and write some of this stuff down and just try to explore what it is that makes me feel like when I sit in that chair, I have resistance about doing some of these things there that I don't feel in other areas. So this has been a challenging conversation for me. Um, I feel like we have, we, have, we have discussed this. I think we've used some good tact. I think we've been very diplomatic about this. And, and again, maybe to just go back to something I said earlier, if, if anybody as a listener, if you're tracking with any of this, if you feel like any of this stuff is stuff you want to discuss, if you just need to say some of these things to another person because you just hold this inside, you have disagreements about your faith, your relationship with deity, your relationship with organizations. These are challenging components for you in your life. Please feel like you can come to us through the vehicles of comments, through our Facebook, through Instagram, whatever. What we do want to provide you is a place that you can feel like you can open your mouth and you can discuss things that you're maybe holding in confidence or, or not saying to anyone else. We want this quorum, this virtual quorum, to be a living thing that you can participate in and join with us in, in, and then take it. Maybe we can help strengthen you so then you can go back and alpha up in your church setting, in all the other settings of your life, and you'll, you'll show up and you'll be stronger there. If we can offer that, we're happy to do it. Don't wait for permission, guys. Just go and do it, damn it. This is Alpha Quorum, and we are out. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Alpha Quorum podcast. Uh, while we talk about real life and real life issues, we're really just entertaining you and hoping you find some value out of what we're saying. And again, if you need someone to talk to, please look for a professional in your area or contact us so we can help you find one yourself. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.